amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Michael Jakes. This is the Wednesday night, cutting it right. Bible study, uh, once again coming to you on this evening with a word from the Lord and a Bible study that we believe will be beneficial uh, to your spiritual life. Uh, we, we pray that the Lord, uh, that this Bible study will find you in a good place uh, in the Lord and that you will uh, take these words and take this study uh, to heart. Uh, we come to you with these Bible studies because we believe in the Word of God. We believe in the power. We believe in the strength of the Word of God. Amen. So we want to invite you all, if you're watching us on Facebook right now, uh, why don't you just share uh, this page with someone. Uh, let someone know uh, that the Cutting It Right Bible study is live, as they say, and in color right now, streaming on Facebook also on YouTube, and also on our podcast partner, a podcast platform, and that is Spreaker.com. And so, please avail yourself to any one of those resources. You can also listen in again if you would like to listen in uh, later on. You can go to iTunes, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Radio also if you would like to listen in. Uh, once again, invite someone to listen. God bless you, Mark. We see you, uh, and may the Lord bless you uh, and continue to be with you. Uh, invite someone to listen in uh, to the Word of God tonight. Amen. Uh, we are going to get started. We're going to start with a word of prayer, and then we are going to get right to uh, the Word of God, which is able to save our souls. Amen. Uh, Lord, we bless your name. We thank you once again. You've allowed us to be in your presence. We pray for the next few minutes, Lord, that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word. Lord, I pray you might anoint your word even as it is spoken, Lord Jesus. Help us to understand as we uh, strive to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, have your way. Bless us even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alrighty. Uh, my wife sends her apologies. We're going solo tonight. Uh, she says her apologies. She's a little bit, little bit under the weather tonight, uh, but onward and upward, uh, we will continue on uh, with our study for tonight. And on tonight, we are going to, uh, we are going to be starting a a a brand new study, a brand new study uh, that is not far removed. Not too far removed from what we have been talking about. I know that we have been talking about letting the church be the church. That's what our main focus has been for the past several months. Letting the church be the church. Uh, however, 
here's what we have found out. Here's what we know. We know that the church as a whole, we have come to the conclusion that the church will become weakened as long as Christians remain spiritually What's the word I'm searching for? As long as Christians remain spiritually dull. In the sense that they don't understand or know the word of God. So we are going to embark on a study of spiritual growth. And our title for this particular study that we'll be in for the next several weeks or months probably is Milk to Meat. Milk to Meat. Growing up in Jesus, milk to meat. And if I could bring you straight to scripture, uh, to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse uh, number 12. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 12 um, begins to speak about what we are aiming at. Hebrews 5 and 12 says, For when... For the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And that will uh, be the that will be the condition of anyone who who continues to live in a state of what I will call babyhood. You see, as Christians, uh, we get our mandate from 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, which says that we should be growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's what we are going to be striving at. That's what we are going to be uh, talking about uh, for the next for the next several uh, studies, next several studies. So once again, invite someone uh, along uh, to listen. Uh, the more people that we have, uh, the better it is. Please feel free to comment. Please feel free to add your input, and we will do our best. Uh, we will do our best uh, to to make your input a part of this Bible study. Amen. Now, <clears throat> when it comes to growing spiritually, let's first define what spiritual growth is. Let's first define what it is. What is spiritual growth? Very simply put, the simplest way I can put it, spiritual growth is the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. That's spiritual growth. And it's a lifelong process. It's a process that never ends. We are always striving to be like Jesus. There is one thing within us that continues to stop us from being all that we can be in Christ, and that is sin. Sin is always the thing that prevents us and stops us from becoming all that we can be in Christ. And there are many other factors that, that come into play. As we will get to them as time goes on. But Sin keeps us from being all that we need to be in Christ. So, spiritual growth is getting more and becoming more uh, like Jesus. 
Now, spiritual growth only happens for people who are spiritual. Now, I need to define that phrase, spiritual, because I do know that there's a phrase that goes around, even nowadays, you probably heard people say that they are a spiritual person. They are a spiritual person. What does it mean to be a spiritual person? Now, can a spiritual person, can a spiritual person be defined as uh, someone who is a Christian? Well, I went online and I, and I looked up this thing. What is a spiritual person? And here's what I got. Here's what I got from that all truth giving facilitator, the internet. And it says spirituality, being a spiritual person, it says you go to church every Sunday and you say your prayers every day. Does this mean you are a spiritual person? No. And this is correct. That does not mean you're a spiritual person. You practice yoga and meditate every day. Does this mean you are a spiritual person? The answer is no. You belong to a spiritual group and are devoted to following the teachings of the group. Does this mean you are a spiritual person? And the answer, once again, is no. What then does it mean to be a spiritual person? And this particular writer says, being a spiritual person, this is not from a Christian website at all, being a spiritual person is synonymous with being a person whose highest priority is to be loving to yourself and others. A spiritual person cares about people, animals, and the planet. A spiritual person knows that we are all one, capital one. Capital O in the, in the word one. And consciously attempts to honor this oneness. Once again, in capital letters. A spiritual person is a kind person. Here's another definition of what it means to be a spiritual person. Spirituality is not becoming more divine, but more human. So think of it this way. Spirituality is becoming more and more yourself more and more human so my friend spirituality is not becoming something other than who you are it is learning to live into your humanity with all of its joys and pleasures and pains and hopes and fears it is to live into these experiences but here's the difference you live into these experiences with a profound sense of the sacred now once again this is just, just an inkling, just a sampling of the world's idea of what spirituality is. The world's idea. It's not, according to uh, those in the world, spirituality is not becoming more divine. Now, we have already stated, uh, we have already stated that becoming a spiritual person is growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have already said that spiritual growth is the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. The world's definition says that spirituality or being a spiritual person is not becoming more divine, but more human. You see? So once again, once again, you see a clash of ideas between the Bible 
in the world. And this is normal and this is natural. So, what is a spiritual person? A spiritual person, let me read from 2 Peter. 2 Peter, let's go to 2 Peter uh, chapter number 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, and I'll be reading uh, from verse number 3 down to verse number 8. Familiar portion of scripture, you may have heard it before. If you haven't, please mark it in your Bible. First, rather, 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, starting in verse number 3, going down to verse number 8. This, this is... What a, this is what a true spiritual person is. True. A biblically spiritual person. Verse number three. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, which is love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, there is your definition of what it means to be a spiritual person. And this spiritual person that I just described is the person that needs to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about spiritual growth, spiritual growth is only for those who are spiritual in the biblical sense. Let me just try to break it down a little bit more. The only people that can grow spiritually are those who are born again, who are saved, who are Christians, who are living for the Lord, who have who are indwelt by the Spirit of God. These are the only people that can grow spiritually. Now, if you live your life according to those definitions that I gave about what a spiritual person is, according to the world, then that is far removed from what the Bible says. Remember what that one definition said. It's not becoming, being spiritual is not becoming more divine, but we just read that it has everything to do with the divine power. Verse number three, according to his divine power. So, when we're talking about being a spiritual person, let's remember that the only true, true spiritual people are those who are indwelt by the Spirit of God. And those are the ones who are actually born again and saved. That's a spiritual person. Now, having said that, we are going to move on and, and, and speak about steps how we go about becoming spiritual. How do we go about, rather, becoming and growing more like Jesus. To grow in the grace and knowledge uh, of the Lord. That's very, very important. Very, very important. Uh, the Bible actually presents several steps that we can take toward growth and spiritual maturity. 
And that's very important. When we talk about growth, when we talk about spiritual growth, we are actually simply talking about becoming more mature in the things of God. More mature. Not better than the other Christian. Not I'm a better Christian than my brother or sister because I do this and I do that. No, that's not what we're talking about because we are not in any type of competition with one another. But there is a such thing as a Christian who can be more mature. I will never say more better because we're all saved. If someone, if someone does not, if someone does not read as much as another person or pray as much or witness enough, as much as someone else. All of these things do not mean if someone else doesn't do it, it doesn't mean that that one who doesn't do it is not saved and the one who does it all the time is more saved. You are never more saved. There's no such thing as being more saved than the other person. You are just as saved now as when you first gave your heart to the Lord. Listen to what it, we've already read. We've already read in Second uh, Peter in verse in verse number three, once again, I'll read it. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He has given every single one of his children all, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So all of us have within us the ability to be the Christ-like person that he wants us to be. It's just the point of becoming more and more mature. And when we become more and more mature, that means that there are certain there are certain disciplines. There are certain disciplines that need to be put in place. And that's where spiritual growth begins to happen. Now when we talk about spiritual growth also what we are actually talking about is the process. And we're not, well, I, don't, I don't want to dwell too much on it yet. This is for another time. But when we talk about growing spiritually, we are actually talking about something uh, that is called progressive. Progressive sanctification. Progressive sanctification. And that is the process, once again, of becoming more and more like Jesus as time goes by. But there are certain things, uh, there are certain things uh, that one must do in order to become that Christ-like person that the Lord wants us to be. Now, we know that the concept of growth is very simple to understand. When a baby is born, a baby needs uh, for others to do things uh, for it. Uh, their physical development depends on others. And so we, we understand this, but in the spiritual life, it's much more important. It begins, it's nothing wrong, there's no shame in being a baby. But there is shame in the spiritual life if one remains a baby. That should not happen. One should not remain a baby as time goes on in the Christian life. So spiritual growth is a similar concept when we talk about the baby growing up, uh, but it's so much more important. Growth, growth is the development or improvement toward a goal, and that's maturity. Or in the Bible, listen, in the King James Bible, that word mature is actually stated many times as being the word perfection. 
be ye also perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, we know that the Lord is not calling us to be actually perfect. There is none perfect, none totally righteous, but Christ. Even in the Bible, when the Bible says that Job was a perfect man, it does not mean that he was a sinless man. It just means that his his attitudes and his actions were were steadily and, and consistently aimed toward the Lord. Did not mean he had no sin in his life. And so what we talk about when we talk about spiritual maturity, once again, I have to make this point known, is being more and more like Jesus. When a person is born again, they become a child of God, you are, in essence, completely and totally, spiritually immature. When you first become a Christian, you are immature. You don't know anything about serving the Lord. Even if you've been in church all your life, even if you've seen much and you've been in services and you know how church works and you know a little bit of how to talk in a Christian way and you've been around church people all your life, it's still not the same as being a Christian. So when you actually become saved, you are immature. You might think you know everything because you've heard it and you've, and you've heard this and you've been involved in that. But now the Spirit of Christ is dwelling in you. And that makes all the difference in the world. You are now spiritually immature. And that's not a bad thing to say as a babe in Christ. But now, as time passes, you should begin to develop the qualities that the Bible says characterize someone who is Mature, as we read in Second Peter chapter 1. All those things begin uh, to multiply themselves in your life as time goes on. It is a process. We should not expect to be mature overnight. But here's what I always like to say, and I truly believe it. I truly believe it. You are the one who is responsible for your own spiritual growth. I'm, I'm responsible for my spiritual growth. The Lord is there. The Spirit of God is available. He wants to make me grow in His grace. He is there to, to give me all I need. And I have all the means that I need according to 1 Peter chapter two, uh, chapter 1 and verse number 3. I have everything I need to become more and more like Christ. But am I going to do what it takes to get myself in that position. And there's where the rubber there's where the rubber meets the road because many Christians for many different reasons never become that person that they ought to be because the spiritual disciplines and how they live the Christian life never get they never become standardized in their life. And they remain in a fluctuated state. They remain in a seesaw type of existence as a Christian. Down and up, in the valley, on the mountaintop. I feel good, I feel bad. And, and this is not how we were meant to live the Christian life. No, no. 
Yes, we go through things. Yes, things happen. But once again, as you grow, you begin to see more and more. Your level of growth depends very much and almost entirely upon your view and your use of the word of God. You will find what you need to live the life you need to live in the word of God. Now, if you want to be, if you want to begin to be that Christian who is becoming more and more like Jesus. The center of your life, the center of your life needs to be Christ. Jesus needs to be the center of your life. And from Christ and his cross, which is at the center, then you have the spiritual, what we call the spiritual disciplines, which must flow from Christ and the cross being at the center of your living and your being. You have fellowship with other Christians. You have witnessing to those who are unsaved. You have prayer, which is your lifeline and your communication with the Lord. And you have the reading and studying of the word of God. Those four things comprise the spiritual disciplines. Without them, as a Christian, as a Christian, and I hate to say this, but as a Christian, not that you won't be a Christian, but you will be a bad excuse for a Christian. You will be a failing Christian. You will be a Christian who is not living up to all he can be if prayer and the word and witnessing and fellowship are not a part of your existence. So, as we move on, as we move on, let's go to the book of Ephesians. I love the book of Ephesians. Ephesians here, uh, Ephesians here in verse chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four and verse uh, number 14. Ephesians 4 and 14 down to verse 15, which says that we henceforth should be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Once again, that verse 14 is simply saying, listen, you have to stop being children. You have to grow up in Christ. You have to grow up. The Lord has to be uh, the vehicle that brings you to that growth. The Lord, the Spirit of God, brings you to that place uh, of growth. But henceforth, he says, be no more children. Carry to and fro by everything. Running to this and running to that. And going after this and going after that. And this fad and that fad. No, 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 no. You need to be grounded. You need to be grounded. There's not a new truth over there and a new truth over there. He doesn't have a new truth. All truth comes from the word of God. It's from the Bible. It may be something that maybe you have never heard, but no one is going to come up with something brand new from God. Absolutely new. It's not in the Bible. I know they're going to say that it's in the Bible. No one's going to say, well, there are people out there that will tell you that God told me this. And it's not in the word, but he told me to tell you this. And be careful. Be careful. There are wolves in sheep's clothing out there. This is what he is talking about when he says, 
carried about by every wind of doctrine and by the slight or tricks of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. There are people out there who come looking good and talking well, but they are liars and cheaters and, and they are crooks to their heart. They have used the ministry for merchandise to get rich, to make money. They are out there. I'll be the first one to tell you that there are master, master criminals in ministry. Master criminals in ministry who will take your money while smiling in your face. It's a bad thing to say, but it's absolute truth. And it gives those who are serving the Lord in truth, it gives the entire it gives Christianity a bad name when there are those types of bad apples amongst us who are really wolves in sheep, sheep's clothing. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. This is what it says. May grow up that we may grow up into him, growing up in Christ. Growing up in Christ. That's what we need to do. That's what we ought to be doing. Second Thessalonians. Just trying to lay the groundwork about the fact how we need to grow. And the purposes of our growth. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith grows exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other abounds. Your faith grows exceedingly. The more contact you have with the Lord, the more contact you have with his word, you will grow. You will grow. Several things will stunt your growth. Several things will cause you to not be in the place where the Lord would have you to be. So the purpose of our the purpose of our time together, the purpose of this study is to help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Remember, we've just come from a study about the church. And the church has become weakened because its individual parts, the people, us, we have become weakened. And it's because there is a lack of knowledge. There is a lack of understanding of what the word of God says. There are sheeps in wolves clothing. There are crooks that are abounding in ministry that are taking the church by storm. And they're on TV and they're on the radio and people are lining up to listen and to hear what they have to say because it itches, it scratches their ears. It makes them feel good about themselves. Now, it's nothing wrong with feeling good about yourself. If you're a child of God, you ought to already feel good. If you want to use that phrase, feel good. We know who we are. So we ought to always be in the state of, I know who I am in the Lord. We should always be living in that direction. Uh, but those uh, who who would tell you other things and, and try to tell you that there are other things that are more important. Lies like you don't need to 
pray and ask God to forgive you anymore. This is a lie, and it's not true. And these are the things, some of the things that some of the most well-known uh, media preachers are telling the people that they don't need to confess their sins anymore. They are already completely forgiven. You, you, you better pray and ask God to forgive you when you sin. If you not, if you sin when you sin. So, what does it take to grow spiritually? Let's for the next few moments while we're together before we close out. What does it take to be and to grow up in Jesus? To go from milk to meat. Number one, there must be a desire to grow. There must be a desire. If you don't have a desire, if you don't want to grow, and this is, this is a very awkward position to be in because if you are a Christian, if you are born again, saved, you should want, you should desire to grow. If you don't have a desire to grow, then there is something wrong. In the physical realm, children, children want to grow. When you're young, or when you were young, maybe you remember standing in front of the mirror. I remember standing in front of the mirror when I was young with a string, with a string tied around my neck, trying to imagine and make believe that it was a tie. I didn't know how to tie a tie then, but I remember standing in front of the mirror doing all of this and thinking I was grown and an adult. Funny thing is now I'm grown and I know how to tie a tie. And I don't really like wearing ties. But anyway, we will never grow unless we want to grow. We say, I, I just want to grow up and be like mommy. I want to grow up and be like daddy. You have little children who play house. That's the mama. That's the daddy. We're going here. We're doing this. I watch my grandkids play house all the time. They want to they wanna grow up. They want to they wanna be big. I can't wait until I get old enough so I can do this. I can't wait until I get old enough. Listen, the desire to grow is natural. And so even in the spiritual, the same should go. We should desire. I want to grow up in Christ. I want to be more like Jesus. That should be our desire. That should be our desire. Look what it says in 1 Peter. 1 Peter uh, chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 2. 1 Peter 2 and 2. It says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So as Christians, as babies, as newborn Christians, as Christians in general, whether, you, whether you've been saved for five minutes, five days, five weeks, five months, five years, or 50 years, the same holds true. We should desire the sincere milk of the word so that, because it helps us to grow. I've been saved these many, I almost said these thousands of years. No, I've been saved such a long time I'm still ingesting the word. I'm still, I'm still living off of the sincere milk of the word. It talks about babies needing it. 
I, I still desire the milk, but now that I have grown some, now I want meat. I want something thicker. I want something juicier. And the Lord cannot give us meat until we get off of the milk. He can't, he can't feed us the meat until we get off of the milk. And that's what we need to do. It's easy to be a baby. It's easy to be a baby. All you have to do is just lay there and let other people do for you. Others feed you. Others put your clothes on you. They change your diaper. And in the church, uh, you don't have to teach. You don't have to preach. Uh, you don't have to work. It's a free ride. You just sit, you come, you listen, you take, and then you go. That's not how it was meant to be. What you all, we already read that by now in Hebrews it says in 5.12, by at this point in time, you should be teaching other people. You should be teaching other others but rather you need to be told the basics of Christianity all over again because you haven't learned you don't know the difference between this and that or that and this that's why it becomes easy for folk to come and to pull wool over your eyes and tell you a lie and you will say yes I agree because you don't know what the Bible says and when that happens once again the church becomes weakened the church becomes weakened. So once again, we have to put ourselves in position. Put ourselves in position to be learners. Put ourselves in position to be learners. Put ourselves in position to be blessed by the word of God. Now, that is good. That is good. But now, you must, we must maintain this desire to grow. It's good. It starts out that way. I want to be like Jesus. But now a few months, a few weeks, a few years have passed by. And some, some things have gone on in your life. And now uh, you feel yourself maybe in a weakened, a spiritually weakened condition. What should you do? You must maintain this desire to grow. You must stay hungry. You have to stay hungry. That's the only way that you're going to grow. That's the only way that you're going to grow. You, 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 you may start off. You may start off on fire for the Lord. I have known individuals in my, in my, in my life. I have known many individuals, many individuals who started out on fire for God. I'm talking about on fire. I'm talking about a a living, a living candlestick, a living firecracker for the Lord. I have seen them on fire, about to burn everywhere they go. A blaze, a flame is behind them when they walk and when they talk, they leave the smoke wherever they go. On fire for God. I've seen people like that. And I've told them, I told them, this is good how you are. This, 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 is, this is how we should all be. But I also said, be very, very careful. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he's going to try to take the fire. 
He's going to try and take the fire away. I can recall years ago, years ago, and there was a young man who who was uh, one of one of our youth leaders at our church years ago when I was a teenager, and he was always he was outgoing. Oh, he was so friendly. He would everybody in my, including myself, wanted to be around him and and even be like him in some respects. He was just so effervescent and so out there and his, his voice was a commanding voice everything about him was just so upright you would look at him and say wow what 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 a what a man of god he is and you would never know that anything was going on he was on fire for the lord i remember standing next to him as he prayed i remember hearing him pray seeing his hands lifted up both hands lifted up i've seen the lord touch him Oh, I, the whole, the works. Lord, I want to be like him. You sort of secretly said in your, in your mind, in your heart, I want to be like that guy because he's, he's everything that I want to be. I'm having this hard time and, and look at our, look at our leader, look at our youth leader. He is such a, he is such a presence. That's what we all saw on the outside. But there was some other things that were, going on that we did not see, that we did not know. And suddenly, he missed a particular Sunday, which is not out of the ordinary. He missed a Sunday. He missed another Sunday. Rumors started flying here and there. And one Sunday, I think it was the second Sunday that he was gone, left church, came out to the park later on that day, and who do I see out in the park, outside the park, right in front of the park, with a beer and a cigarette? And I'm standing there, and I was literally floored. My heart, my mind said, what is going on? What is going on? I could, I could not, my eyes could not focus on what I was looking at. This, this was our leader. This was our youth leader. This was the man that we looked up to. At least I did. And and look, look at what's look, look, look. Whoa! We had heard him preach. We had heard him teach. And here he is with a brew. And a cigarette. Oh my. Oh my. Here's what I know. I know that if I. If I. Did not have my eyes on Jesus. I would have fallen. My eyes were on Jesus. But my eyes was on this man. This man was. This man was something to behold. But when this happened. The reason why. I remained. Is because. I still, I still desired Jesus. You see, you have to take your eyes. I learned a valuable lesson. Don't keep your eyes on man. Get your eyes off people. I don't care how spiritual, I don't care how, how righteous. And, look, it's nothing wrong. It's, it's follow 
people as they follow Christ. But as soon as they make a left turn and they go in another direction, you got to move. You got to stay where you are. Don't follow anybody into a pit. I never, I, 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 I don't remember seeing this person again. I don't remember them coming back to the church again. And that was the end of that. But he was ablaze because he was there. He was there for several months, up to a, up to a, maybe a year and a half. He came in, he came through like a blaze, seemed to be growing in the grace and knowledge of the, of the Lord. And, and he just came through, became the leader and went right through and he was gone. Gone. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. So we must maintain this desire to grow. I don't know why he went back. At this point in time, we don't know. I, when I say we, I'm talking about myself. Who knows if he was ever really saved? Who knows? God knows all of those questions. This was this was many, many years ago. Many years ago. But only God knows. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Maintain the desire to grow. Here's what, here's what Paul said. Here's what Paul said uh, in Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians 3, uh, starting in verse number 12. Philippians uh, 3, uh, starting in verse number 12. Paul says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Sounds like a tongue twister, but all Paul is saying is, I have not arrived. Even Paul, the great, I put that moniker on him. Even the great apostle Paul, he knew that he had not arrived. With all that he had done, with all that the Lord had called him to do, he still knew there was much work to be done in his own life. He had not arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, you will never arrive. You will never arrive. You will never be in this life. All, all is an adventure. It is an adventure. It is a relationship that is filled with good and bad. And it's filled with so many things. But I would have it no other way. Paul had not arrived. But verse 13 says, Brethren, he says, Brethren, I count myself, he says, he says, I count myself, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, he says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So one of the keys, one of the keys uh, to becoming more like Christ, one of the keys to growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is to forget the past. It doesn't mean you don't testify as what the Lord has brought you from, but it does mean that those things that are behind do not define who you are right now. They don't define you. Those things are over and they are forgiven. He said he forgetting, forgetting those things 
would draw behind. And he had a lot to forget. Paul was a murderer. Paul was basically a terrorist. Putting fear uh, and intimidation into the hearts of, of those who called on the name of Jesus. Sending them up to be killed, to be jailed, to be punished and tortured. That's what his life work consisted of before Christ. And so he says, forgetting those things. You don't think he had a lot to be forgiven for and to forget? He says, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. That is becoming more and more like Christ. He has called me to do a work and I'm going to continue in that direction. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Pressing forward toward the mark of the high calling in Christ. He had not arrived. For him, for Paul, that is what it was all about. He had a desire to grow. He had grown, but he wasn't finished yet. In spite of all, this man Paul, this man Paul wrote many of the books that we see in the New Testament. I believe it's one third of the New Testament he wrote. It might be two thirds of the New Testament that he wrote in letter form to the churches and the individuals uh, that he had begun, that he had started. And the words that were given to him the grace that was poured upon him, the revelation that was given to him, all of that. And plus the Bible says that he had this thorn in the flesh that kept him from rising up and being this proud, boastful person. He said he would only boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. He had nothing to boast about because he had not arrived. He was still, he considered himself the chief of sinners. This man, Paul, called himself the chief of sinners. The king. The head. I'm the I'm the I'm the the worst and best sinner. He called himself. He knew he had not arrived. That's what he means here in Philippians when he says that I uh have not apprehended. I have not reached that point where I want to be and where I need to be. There's still a whole lot of work that needs to be done in this old life. But we got to keep going. We got to desire, continue to maintain the desire to grow. He forgot everything. Peter. Peter. Peter is an interesting study. The Apostle Peter. An interesting study. Because in Peter, we find ourselves. We find a man who was who was, was self-assured in himself. We, we find a man who many times spoke out of turn. You find a man who thought himself to be more than what he actually was. He was very sure of himself. He was very much like many of us. He thought, Peter thought he had reached a level of where he would never deny Jesus. Not me. Jesus tried to tell him, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, mm-mm. But that night, 
he denied Jesus three times. You can never rest, as the saying goes, rest on your laurels. I will never. I could never. I would never do such a never think that way. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Christians never, ever reach the point where they are so mature that they can never fall into sin. Never. You can never say, I've reached a pinnacle. I've reached a point in my Christian life where I don't sin anymore. No, you can't. You can never say, the Bible never promotes or says anything about uh, sinless perfection. Never. You can say, as a Christian, I sin less. But you can never say, I am sinless. But sin will always be that one thing in your life that will be constant. And it's how you deal with sin in your life that will characterize whether you grow in grace or whether you remain stunted in your growth. One of the reasons why many Christians do not grow is because they don't see the need for growing. Listen, I'm good. I, I, I'm good the way I am. Listen, I'm working. I'm ministering. I'm singing in the choir. I'm, I'm, I'm an usher. I, I, I work for the Lord. I'm good. I'm okay. Never realizing that the enemy is at work on the inside of them. Some people... Or not even in that condition. Some people say, listen, some people don't want to get too close. Some people are Christian, but they just don't, they just don't want to commit fully and, and begin to become a part and do things because they're more comfortable sitting back and listening and getting what we call spiritually fat. And this is not a good thing. This is not a good thing. When people begin to develop this, this, this burning hunger and thirst to work for the Lord, they'll begin to develop the other steps that they need to help themselves grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. We're going to close this Bible study for tonight. But I want to close asking this particular question. Do you have that burning desire? Are you hungry to become more like Jesus. Are you hungry to become more and more like him? Do you really want to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or do you only give it lip service? Or you're not willing to put in the work? Or do you want to remain stunted or remain a baby and have everyone do everything for you spiritually? Read to me. Pray for me. But you don't want to do these things for yourself. Do you really, do you really want to work for the Lord? Do you have specific goals that you have set 
in your Christian life? Goals that you want to accomplish for God. Do you know that there are improvements that you need to make in your spiritual life and you have new levels to reach? If that's you, then I want you to stay with us in this particular Bible study. We're going to be talking about how you can grow. And, and practical steps. Practical steps. Listen, if you hear the word and you do nothing with it, this is problematic. But when you hear the word, the word needs to be given in such a way that you are able then to apply it to your life. That's what we desire. That's what we want. That's why we come to you with these Bible studies to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We don't pretend. I don't pretend to know it all. I don't pretend to have it all together. But this is what I know. God has given me a call. God has put a mandate in my life, on my heart, to teach his word. And this is what I will do. And I'm very concerned about the condition of the church. And so join us on these Wednesday nights as we continue uh, to put our hearts toward growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to continue uh, as we come next week, God willing. My wife will be back here with us again, and we'll continue uh, in this study. Uh, once again, you can listen in once again on, uh, you can listen in on iHeart, iTunes, and or TuneIn Radio. Uh, you can also uh, listen, you can go to our YouTube a channel. You can subscribe. You can go there. We, all of these podcasts are there. You can also go to Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. -E -E that is our podcast where we have all of our podcasts. And once again, we have several uh, podcasts, whether it's teaching or preaching or devotion or Bible study. We have several podcasts. You can also you can also go to my blog at that's the word.org and CuttingItRight.com. Those are two blogs uh, that are dedicated to the Word of God. And also you can go to my third blog, which is GrowDeep.net. So we have three blogs, several podcasts, and they're all available to you. Amen? And so this is Pastor Michael Jakes, and we're going to see you next time, next Wednesday night with another Bible study dedicated to the Word of God. Until then, we will see you next time. Have a good night. God bless you. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.